Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Diving Board Podcast. I am your host, Jill, and thank you so much for joining me on a very, very special pop culture deep dive. You're joining me on the third edition of the very special Lindsay Lohan series. I can't believe we are already in the third edition, but I feel like we've already covered so much ground, but there's still so much more to go because Lindsay, like I said, is the gift that keeps on giving. You're joining us mid-spiral for Lindsay because last episode we covered the beginning of her spiral era. And in this episode, we will just continue that and see how it all comes to a head over the next few years of the mid-2000s and early 2010s. Um, thank you all so much for the great feedback that you've been giving me. I'm so happy to hear that you've been enjoying this series because I have really been enjoying doing it. I feel like it's kind of my calling now and my lot in life and why I'm here on this earth is to give the information of Lindsay Lohan and bestow it onto the world and maybe refresh your memory on the days of yore and things you may have forgotten about Lindsay's journey because I'm here to, to remind you and possibly educate you because there's there's a lot that is to be told. Um, Lindsay, though, I have to say, is great to cover because there's so much information at the forefront. A lot of times when I'm researching, I have to dig and read articles from like 20 years ago, but there are, was so much media coverage on Lindsay that it's just so easy to get information on her. So I thank her for that. Um, I also thank the people who have gone back and listened to the Celebrity Feud episodes that we did with Lindsay's Feud with Paris and Hilary Duff. Thank you so much for those who have revisited. I saw on the analytics today that those episodes have gotten a little bit of a resurgence since the Lindsay Lohan series has launched. And I just have to say, I'm so glad we did those episodes a few months ago, because could you imagine if we had to cover the feud information in this series? We would be here till the end of the year. We really would be. So I'm so happy that we can just quickly reference to those. But thank you to everyone who has listened to those. Um, And definitely check them out if you haven't. But let's get into it, because in the words of Smokey and the Bandit, Burt Reynolds, we've got a long way to go and a short time to get there. Um, So I just want to kick off by kind of shortly recapping what we left off on last episode, and that was Lindsay's high-speed car chase. And there are a few additional details I want to add to that story, because In my storytelling of that incident, I got a little bit overzealous and I was so into the story, I kind of felt like I was in the car with Lindsay and we were speeding down the Pacific Coast Highway, wind in my hair, just I was feeling the air on my face and I was just, I don't know, I was feeling it. I really felt like I was with her and I had forgotten some key details of that story, so I want to just fill in those holes and also give a little more context that's going to lead us into the spiral part two. So as we pick off, we're driving down the Pacific Coast Highway with Lindsay at the wheel, at the helm. She's in a high-speed car chase, chasing after her assistant. Now, what I failed to mention is the car 
that Lindsay's driving, we know that that was Lindsay's assistant's boyfriend's car, that she jumped behind the wheel. But I failed to mention that Lindsay's Lindsay's assistant's boyfriend, gosh, that's a tongue twister, his name is Dante. So that's Dante's car, and Dante's friend is with him. Dante and Dante's friend are both in the car with Lindsay as she's doing that high-speed car chase. And Dante's friend, he tried to dip out of that situation. He was like, nope, deuces, I'm out of here. But as he tried to get out, Lindsay actually ran over his foot. So he just remained in the car. I hate to laugh because that's kind of traumatizing, but it's just such a mess. But they're in the car with her and they're trying to talk her off the ledge and say, like, Lindsay, you don't want to do this. Pull over. What are you doing? And the entire time, Lindsay is saying, I'm a celebrity. I'm a celebrity. Nothing is going to happen. I can't get in trouble. Nothing is going to happen to me. Basically saying I'm untouchable because I'm rich and famous, which of course this is alleged, but do I believe this happened? Of course I believed this happened because obviously Lindsay thought that by the way she was acting and Lindsay's attitude definitely felt like she was untouchable. She was getting in clubs at 18 years old. She was kind of above the law for a really long time. So of course she's going to think that. But of course, there's no evidence of this. And this is what I was thinking as well. Why there's a lot less craziness in celebrities is that now with iPhones and that we can take a high quality video on our phone now, we're under so much constant surveillance that this craziness can so easily be recorded and you can't deny it because there's so much hard evidence now. That's kind of why we don't have this craziness in celebrities anymore, which I it's fine. I know these are fun stories, but this was really dangerous behavior, so I cannot fault them for um, not behaving like this anymore. But I really feel like this is that is also why we saw a downfall in this behavior. But anyway, Lindsay, of course, is arrested, you know, DUI and cocaine possession. And Jay Leno the next day makes a joke, um, which I thought was kind of funny. Um, he was saying he's like, here, I thought the entire time my competition was David Letterman, but I'm actually competing with the show Cop which like is funny it's clever and you know late night joke and Dina Lohan she's really really offended by it and she says you know you're making fun of something that teenagers are dealing with and young people are dealing with every single day and that's substance abuse which I can see where Dina Lohan is coming from if it was a different situation because I have the utmost respect, and I've said this on many podcasts before, many episodes of Diving Board, that I have the utmost respect for people who are struggling with an addiction and they are trying to recover from it, that they are tackling their substance abuse issues and they're facing that really, really difficult task of leading a sober lifestyle. I respect and I support that so much. And I know we're a little more um, socially sophisticated now in 2022 than we were in 2007 and more empathetic. But I do think people would have been more empathetic back then if Lindsay just took this seriously. How can we take this seriously and feel sympathetic for Lindsay and say we support you in your journey of recovery if you're making a mockery of this? You're 
going to rehab essentially for a vacation. You're sporting the 90-day sober chip from AA and announcing to the world that you're in AA and making it just a publicity stunt and really making a mockery out of all of this and making a mockery of the people who really do undergo this struggle of recovery. I don't know, Dina Lohan, she's just so full of hot air. So that is where we pick up on Lindsay. And of course, that was the end of 2007. So Lindsay does her one day in jail because of overcrowding. And we start 2008. Lindsay kicks off 2008 by being on the cover of New York Magazine, and she's dressed as Marilyn Monroe. And we've mentioned before, Marilyn Monroe is Lindsay's icon. She just loves her. That's who she wants to emulate. And uh, Lindsay pays homage to Marilyn Monroe in New York Magazine by kind of replicating the photo shoot, which was Marilyn Monroe's last photo shoot, and it was called The Last Sitting. And you may know that The Last sitting was done about six weeks before Marilyn Monroe passed away. And these pictures are absolutely iconic. Like you see these pictures everywhere. Most of the time when you see a picture of Marilyn Monroe, it's it's from the last sitting. It's just a very, very iconic photo shoot, especially because it was her last photo shoot. And Lindsay, the pictures are very beautiful. Lindsay's a gorgeous person, but she was panned for this because they just said it's very, very distasteful. They said she lacked the mystique of Marilyn Monroe, but mainly it was just uncomfortable because Lindsay is battling a lot of demons, clearly. And also knowing that this was Marilyn Monroe's last photo shoot, she was battling a lot of demons at the time. And the fact that Lindsay Lohan is emulating Marilyn Monroe while Lindsay Lohan is going through her current Michigas and she's emulating the last sitting, it's just kind of like, ooh, it's, it's a little uncomfortable. But after that got panned in the media, Lindsay is still maintaining that she's clean and she's sober. And after her arrest and rehab stint, she is just staying above the fray. But she's still at all of these clubs. I don't know what she's doing at these clubs. How can you be completely sober and dancing and being at these clubs while everyone else is drunk and high around you? That does not sound fun fun at all. Being at a club sober sounds like my worst nightmare. So I don't understand how people think she's sober, but she says she is. But what she is also now dipping her toe in is the world of kleptomania. She starts stealing. Lindsay Lohan sees when she's at the club One Oak in New York City, which is a really, really popular club. She sees this fur coat. I don't know where it was. Maybe it was on a booth or it was in the coat check, but she sees it. It's not hers, but she wants it. Uh, What does Ariana Grande say? I want it. I got it. Lindsay says, I want it. I stole it. So Lindsay takes the fur coat and the owner of the fur coat is this young girl who lives in New York City and she's freaking out because that is her fur coat that she says is worth over $10,000 and it's also an heirloom from her grandmother. So it's, you know, has a sentimental value as well. Lindsay denies wearing, uh, stealing the fur coat. She's like, I didn't steal your coat. But Lindsay is, of course, feeling like she's untouchable and of course she's taken her pictures being taken by the paparazzi every single day, there's immediately a bunch of pictures wearing this girl's fur coat. So of course, she incriminates herself immediately. And it's just crazy that Lindsay just picked up this coat and just is wearing it all over town like it's nothing, like it's hers. So 
Eventually, Lindsay's like, okay, I'm going to give you your coat back. And when it's returned to the girl, it is uh, reeks of cigarettes, apparently, which I totally believe. But she said the coat just smells like it was sitting in the smoking section of an IHOP for like a week. So remember, smoking or not, I remember it well. But anyway, um, 2008 also starts uh, off with a bang because Lindsay officially goes public that she is dating Samantha Ronson. And all through high school, I had the biggest crush on Samantha Ronson. So I have to admit, I was a little bit jealous that Lindsay was dating her, but I was also really into this pairing. Um, if you don't know who Samantha Ronson is, Samantha Ronson was a really big DJ in the 2000s, and she's part of the Ronson family, which is just a huge family. We know Mark Ronson, if you're a music fan. He is just an absolute giant in the music industry. He's produced songs with Amy Winehouse, Bruno Mars, Dua Lipa. Like he's a huge music producer. If you work with Mark Ronson, it's a really, really big deal. And also Charlotte Ronson, who is a fashion designer. So that's family, the Ronson kids, like they were really, really popular back then, but definitely the most famous and most successful and dare I say most talented is definitely Mark Ronson. But um, Samantha was really popular in her own right, but her and Lindsay, they were very, very toxic together. And Lindsay tends to downplay this relationship. When she was asked about it years later, she was like, you know, I am very straight and I don't like women, but... I had a relationship with a woman, but it really wasn't a relationship. It was more of like just us being best friends, which um, Lindsay might like to say that, but there are constant videos of, I mean, they were paparazzi darlings. So there are constant videos of them fighting, constant videos of them fighting. And the theme of these videos mainly is Lindsay accusing Samantha of infidelity. And she is so just distraught in all of these videos, constantly accusing Samantha of cheating on her. So if this was just a best friendship, I, I mean, I don't talk to my best friends that way and accuse them of cheating on me. So clearly there was a passionate love affair here and Lindsay had some very, very serious feelings for her. But like I said, there are some very public fights that are caught on video and it's also kind of infuriating watching some of these videos because it's a reminder of our reality back then of when there was no laws for paparazzi and it really was just like the wild, wild west. Like they could invade your space so much. There are a few videos of at Samantha Ronson's home, Lindsay waiting on her steps at 5 a.m., waiting for Samantha to get home and it's her screaming publicly in the front yard with the paparazzi filming it like, Samantha, where were you? Who were you with? Like having an absolute meltdown, which should have been a private moment with a couple, but the paparazzi is filming it. Or even like they go into Samantha's house another day and they say it's at six o'clock in the morning and Lindsay's screaming at her, accusing her of cheating and they're in her home and they're recording it. So this wasn't in public, like on the street. Trust me, there's plenty of videos of them fighting in public, but they're even being recorded when Samantha was in her house. So it just kind of was a reminder of how awful the paparazzi was back then. But you see, you know, Samantha and Lindsay fighting in the DJ booth or fighting in front of the club. Like they just had a really, really toxic relationship. 
And like I said, the common theme is always Lindsay saying, you're cheating on me. And she's always melting down. But Lindsay was also 22 at this time. And when I think about myself at 22, and when I was in the relationship that I was when I was 22, I was extremely immature. And Samantha was like 31, 32 at this time. So that's my age now. And I would never date a 22 year old person because I just think the maturity levels are so different. So she knew what she was signing up for. Maybe she just, obviously Lindsay's hot and she's fun and she probably was just really into it. Um, but I mean, you get, you get what you sign up for. You're dating a 22 year old who you know is, you know, a party girl and she's crazy, but it was a toxic environment for Lindsay also in the sense of somebody who is saying they want to maintain a sobriety and they're dating a DJ who is very popular and is in a ton of clubs. So you're in these clubs all the time with the DJ. And again, it's a really tempting environment if you're trying to stay sober. So this is where also, unfortunately, you have to question Lindsay's sobriety. And they later call it quits in 2009. They date for about a year and they call it quits after a very, very big fight at, of course, the Chateau Marmont. Apparently, Samantha was DJing a party at the Chateau Marmont. And so the story goes that Samantha had hired a team of like five bodyguards to keep Lindsay from the DJ booth. So that really, really pissed Lindsay off. So she goes on a tweeting spree that night and she writes, being cheated on does wonders to you. I'm doing this publicly because you and your friends call us magazine and people. So you win. You broke my heart. Now go away. I loved you. Again, this is not a romantic relationship, according to Lindsay. It was just her, quote, best friend. But she also tweets, please leave me alone and stop staying in the room below me. You've woken me up and my mother up. Go to bed. Keep cheating. You win. And then she also tweets Charlotte saying, ask your sister to stop yelling profanity, please. Stop doing drugs. Please go away and go to bed. You work hard and you need some rest. So... <laughs> Again, I don't know. Lindsay claims that Samantha got the room below her in the Chateau Marmont and cheated on her all night and it was loud enough for her to hear. Again, I don't know if that is true or not, but like I always say, never let the truth get in the way of a good story. So needless to say, they break up. But I have to say, I really liked that relationship for what it was. And I, I understand it was very toxic. But I have to say, they were one of the first queer it couples because 2008 may not seem like it was that long ago but we've come so far as a society since 2008 because in 2008 to have a same-sex couple like Lindsay and Samantha and Lindsay's one of the most famous most talked about people in the world and she's like you know I'm dating a woman deal with it and you know, they're being photographed all the time. They're being talked about all the time. They're being in the front row of fashion shows. They're at the hottest clubs. They're on the cover of magazines. To have a same-sex couple get that amount of media coverage, like, 
I don't want to say Lindsay Lohan is like revolutionary because she's not like a trailblazer for the queer community. She's not like Marsha P. Johnson, but it really was something to be said. And it was something that you weren't seeing a lot in 2008 was a same sex couple getting that much coverage. So I do wish Lindsay would have owned this relationship more because I really think she could have given a voice to a lot of people who were questioning their sexuality and saying like, well, you know, I'm attracted to who I'm attracted to, whether that be a male, female, non-binary, I'm just attracted to who I like. And if she came out and said, hey, I'm just attracted to who I'm attracted to, no matter who they are. And if you feel that way too, trust me, it's normal. And I'm one of you. I feel like she really could have given a voice to a lot of people and made them feel less alone. But unfortunately, she did not go that route. But I will appreciate Samantha and Lindsay for what they were. And that was the queer it couple of the 2000s. I, I'm always gonna have a soft spot in my heart for them because of that. But anyway, Lindsay, she tries to revive her career yet again with the movie Labor Pains, where it's about a girl who fakes being pregnant and she works with the paparazzi a lot to say, hey, come to the set and show me working. Take pictures of me working. It's like when you're working and you want your boss to see on the camera like, oh, she's working hard. It's pretty much the same thing. She just wanted the media to think she was working hard. So she would call them to the set all day and say, show me working and not partying. So unfortunately, Labor Pains does not hit theaters like they had planned and it goes straight to TV on ABC Family. So this was another blow because Lindsay thought that she was going to have a movie in the theaters and kind of a made for TV movie is it's definitely a downgrade when you were a movie star. Also in 2008, Dina Lohan launches a reality show around this time, and it's on E! and it's called Living Lohan, which I watched the show because of course I did. I remember my sister and I watched it, and it was boring. Um, they made it seem like Lindsay was going to be so involved in this show, but all it was was Allie calling Lindsay like for five minutes on the show, and you just hear uh, Lindsay go, Hi, Allie, in that raspy voice, you know, that iconic raspy voice. And she's not in the show at all, but it does kind of give you an inside look of Dina and how Dina is trying to make Allie Lohan famous. And it probably was the same journey that she went on with Lindsay. And it kind of shows that Dina's really just trying to get all of her kids famous and she's living through her kids. And this is really just her entire goal because I feel like Dina wanted to be famous so now she wants to live her this life through her kids and it kind of gives you more of a sense of what Lindsay was dealing with being the child of Michael and Dina Lohan just two nuts apparently and Lindsay was just kind of just there to figure out life on her own she didn't have a ton of guidance so I sympathize her I sympathize with her in that sense um she raised herself but anyway, Lindsay, she tries to make another parlay into television. And she was on a couple episodes of the show Ugly Betty. Remember that show was massive back then. And there were a lot of rumors that her and America Ferreira did not get along. Like there's so many stories, just a lot of them are crazy. I don't know if they're true, but supposedly she was supposed to be on for six episodes, but they cut it short because 
being on the set was just way too tumultuous. Again, these were denied, so who knows, but she, it was a very, very short stint on Ugly Betty, so it didn't really do much for her career in that sense. And, you know, with the acting woes increasing, Lindsay, she decides to parlay into fashion, which I think is a great avenue for her to go down because she does have amazing style. Like, she really was... I think one of the most stylish people of the 2000s, and that was when the 2000s had questionable style, but she always really just had great style. She knew how to put an outfit together. She always had the coolest clothes and she just, she always looked great. So going into fashion made sense. So she creates a leggings line and it's called 6126, which is Marilyn Monroe's birthday because Lindsay has to do everything uh, about Marilyn Monroe. And this was in 2009. So this is when leggings were kind of taking off in a sense, like that they were really becoming popular. So this was her high end leggings line where this was really before Lululemon when it wasn't totally unheard of to pay over a hundred bucks for leggings. But these leggings were like $150 in 2009. That was a lot of money back then. And it was a lot of money to spend on leggings, but they were sold at um, high end department stores and boutiques, including Dash throwback. So Dash definitely had a little inventory of 6126, but unfortunately, um, they this was another beef with a business partner. So the fashion line unfortunately went to the wayside, but thinking about it, it just wasn't a good business practice. I mean, especially in 2009, who's paying over a hundred bucks for a pair of leggings? It's just... It was unheard of back then. It's that just it wasn't that smart. So Lindsay has great ideas. It's just the execution is just not just not great. I got to say her team has never been that great. Uh, Lindsay also took another foray into fashion in 2009 when she became the, quote, artistic advisor of Emmanuel Angaro. And of course, my Real Housewives of New York City fans are familiar with Emmanuel Angaro because Angaro was Countess Luanne de Lesseps kind of designer on the show. Emmanuel Angaro must have been who was lending her clothes and stuff because in random episodes, you would always hear her talking about Angaro and they were going to the Angaro show and that was Luann's um, designer. And there's one episode where they go to kind of an Angaro boutique. There was an event there because they're launching Lindsay's line with Emmanuel Angaro. And uh, it's funny because Luann says to Jill Zarin, like, oh, did you see Dina and Lindsay Lohan? Because you see them in the episode and Jill Zarin's like, oh, yeah, I saw them. I'm, I'm friendly with Dina. I, I know Dina very well because, you know, Jill Zarin always has to make uh, a name drop. Sorry, I don't want to make this a housewives podcast. It's just so hard for me. But it's funny because you also get the Lohan family in a few different cities of the housewives. Because remember when Michael Lohan was randomly on an episode? of Real Housewives of Atlanta, like when Sheree, Nene, and Kim are getting into the fight on the street and Kim's running away and all of a sudden Michael Lohan's there with Kim Zolciak and Nene's like, excuse me, Mr. Lindsay Lohan's daddy. Because he gets into the fight. It was like the most random person. Like if you told me, think of the most random D-list celebrity that could pop up on this fight. I never in a million years would have guessed Michael Lohan. But 
there they were. So the Lohan family um, is no stranger to the Real Housewives. But anyway, back to Angaro. Sorry. Thank you for indulging me. Um, they... Emmanuel Angaro is very a mature clothing line. They're out of Paris. They're for a more mature, conservative woman. It's very elegant. And when Lindsay did her line, it didn't look bad at all. Like when you look at it, it was not awful because she is very stylish and she has taste. It just wasn't Angaro. And it looked more like a diffusion line. It was very, very young. There was pasties on the nipples, you know, blazers that were wide open. And it just, it, it was not Angaro. So that did not work out. It got panned by the critics yet again. So these opportunities are just, they're not working out for Lynn's. It's, it's, and it's unfortunate because like I said, she has a lot of potential just the execution is all wrong. But uh, that same year, Lindsay also has her alarm tripped and the cops show up. The cops show up to her house and they think it was broken into, but she gets home and it actually finds out the house wasn't broken into. She's just really messy. So <laughs> could you imagine? That would be so embarrassing. <laughs> like the cops are like, oh my God, someone ransacked your entire house. But it actually you just live um, like a slob. But anyway, I mean, if that's not a wake up call, but uh, it also is worth noting about a month later, the alarm goes off again and it turns out Lindsay was robbed and she was robbed by none other than the bling ring. So if you want to know more about the bling ring and them robbing her, uh, definitely check out my first episode ever of the Diving Board Podcast. And like I said, it is my first episode ever, so not my best work, but um, so cut me some slack, but it'll give you the entire story and then some on the bling ring. But Lindsay, she's okay with the law. She's actually on the other side of the law where she's calling the cops on people and, um, you know, she's this is a different, different uh, angle for her. But She's been okay until now. Now, I want you to buckle in because this is going to be yet another ride. You know, I just ride. And um, this is this is going to be a lot because we're entering her court era. And this is where I wish the people's court theme, I'm sure that is a licensed music, you know, like the... I loved court TV as a kid. Oh my God. And Judge Judy, my icon. I probably sound like such a nut, but I loved court TV as a, a child. So this is pretty much the diving board episode of the People's Court. Buckle in. So March 13th, 2009, a Beverly Hills judge issues a $50,000 warrant related to Lindsay's May 2007 DUI. That was when she was sleeping in the car, iconic, you know, and she crashes her car because they were saying that Lindsay was not complying with the terms of her probation. But her attorney actually says, hey, she is, she's applying to the terms, she's going to her alcohol readiness classes. So the judge rescinds it. However, in October of the same year, the judge in her DUI case extends her probation by adding an additional 12 months so she can compete her court her complete her court ordered alcohol education program. So she had up until that point, but the judge was actually nice to her because she's like, "All right, I understand you work a busy schedule. 
you're supposedly in a lot of movies, whatever, I'm going to give you an extension. So uh, she was failing to show up to that, but she kept citing, I'm really busy. So the judge was being nice. Now in May, 2010, now this is when it gets pretty bad. This is when it really, really starts taking off. I know I keep saying that, but this is like the official, the official point. Her probation gets revoked because Lindsay skips a court date to go to France to attend the Cannes Film Festival because apparently she's promoting a film there, but she skips court. So the judge is like, okay, now I'm pissed. I'm revoking your probation. But Lindsay's saying, no, 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 I will get, I'll get back to America to attend the court date. But she can't get back because apparently her passport was stolen. But uh, the judge isn't buying it. So they say, you know, you're getting arrested, you're going to jail, and your bail is set at $100,000. So she pays the bail and she wins her freedom. And you know with bail, you only have to pay 10%. So that would have been $10,000. Still a lot of money. So on May 24th, 2010, uh, they immediately order, you have to put on another scram bracelet. You need to get your bracelet back on. We're reviving the alcohol monitor bracelet era again, and she's ordered to refrain from drugs, booze, and undergo weekly random drug testing as part of the conditions of her bail. So she has a drug test every single week, and I'm sure that was an ordeal. I mean, I, I understand why they put her through that, but I used to do drug tests because I used to bartend on tour boats. So we had to answer the Coast Guard. So I would sometimes get random drug tests and you had to go. And this was in downtown Chicago. I'm running to get this drug test done. And low-key, sometimes I don't even know how I passed them, but <laughs> I did. But Lindsay had to do this on a weekly basis under the conditions of her bail. So on June 8th, 2010, um, a judge rules Lindsay is in violation again of her probation. She's not doing the classes. She's not keeping up with the drug test. So they hike her bail to $200,000 and arrest her two days after Lindsay's scram bracelet suspiciously lights up at the MTV Movie Awards after party. Like, girl... Girl, I wonder who she was drinking with. Like, who do you think it was? I know Orlando Bloom was on that list. So maybe it was him. I don't know. I love to speculate. It's just, it's fun. So um, the warrant is subsequently recalled after a bail bondsman covers Lohan's bond. So again, this is a lot of money. This is a lot of money that she is spending. Like she's making a lot of money, but she's spending a lot on bail, legal fees. Like this is a lot. So July 6th, 2010 rolls around, and this is when Lindsay is officially sentenced to 90 days in jail. She's been failing to attend her court order weekly alcohol education classes, and she's just not keeping up with the terms of her probation. So this is also when we have those pictures in the courtroom of Lindsay having a breakdown. She's pleading with the judge. And unfortunately, the judge is just not thinking that she's genuine because, again, you're dealing with an actress. So I, I don't know how you can take it seriously or if you know it's real or not. So we get those infamous pictures and we also get some infamous pictures because it turns out that Lindsay had painted on her nails F-U, like F-U-C-K-Y-O-U 
on her nails. She had a manicure that said that. They took a picture, they zoomed in on the nails, and they saw it. So that also didn't really help her case because the court is like, was that directed towards us? I don't know, but not the best look, Lindsay. But she's also serving looks in the courtroom. Um, Really, really interesting outfits that she's showing up in. She's showing up in these sky-high platform gold heels. She's showing up in these white flowy dresses. It looks like she's, you know, going out for a night at the Chateau Marmont and not going to court. So this also isn't helping her case. But in July of 2010, she surrenders and she ultimately ends up serving about two weeks due to, again, prison overcrowding. But we get the gift of another beautiful mugshot. We're really collecting mugshots of Lindsay at this point. But she serves this jail time with Alexis Nyers. So yes, I talk about this in the Bling Ring episode, another shameless plug, but Alexis Nyers was in the same jail that Lindsay Lohan was in, and they served time congruently. And Lindsay saw Alexis, she talks about it, and she knew who Alexis was. She knew she was part of the Bling Ring, and she was part of the robbery group who robbed her. So it's just crazy, and it just shows that it was such a crazy time in Hollywood that these two girls were serving jail time at the same time. Mike, I just, I can't believe this was our just everyday life back then. It still blows me away. And that's why we're talking about it. But uh, Lindsay, she leaves jail. And in September, she, uh, her probation is revoked after she flunks a drug test yet again, which found cocaine in her system. Now, I just want to make this point because I Googled this today. To fail a drug test on cocaine, you essentially have to be high at the drug test because cocaine is not like marijuana where marijuana can linger in your system for a very long time, but cocaine is out of your system rather quickly. So to fail a drug test with cocaine means means you had to be doing it very close to the time you were going to take the test. So again, it was just, it was just so stupid. Like Lindsay is just like, I can't, I can't. But on September 28th, 2010, she leaves jail and she goes directly to rehab at the Betty Ford. And in December, she's in the Betty Ford for a few weeks. And during her rehab stint, she gets into an altercation with a staff member at the Betty Ford. And they accuse Lindsay of attacking her. And after the arrest, they ask Lindsay to submit to a drug and alcohol test. And the woman, you can hear the 911 call. And you can definitely tell they're in an altercation. It sounds like maybe Lindsay shoves her or something. Lindsay saying that she's uncomfortable with this woman being around. And and the charges are later dropped because the woman stopped cooperating with um, investigation. But it was insane. Like they clearly do get into an altercation. But the woman, she kind of seems like she's not totally in the right because she also leaks Lindsay Lohan's name to the press, which of course is a HIPAA law violation. You can't be naming patients when you're working there. So she's fired. And in February, so we wrap up 2010, February 2011, and surprise, Lindsay is taken back into custody. This is a different time now because she's back to her stealing ways because apparently she is accused of stealing a one-of-a-kind 
$2,500 necklace from a Venner's jewelry store. There is cameras, surveillance of her putting on the necklace, and maybe she forgot she was wearing it. I don't know, but she puts on the necklace and she walks out with it. And this is also in the Paris feud episode where Paris makes the wisecrack of, I wouldn't be giving my jewelry away if I was Lindsay, I would be sealing it. And she didn't know that this had actually happened when that aired and Lindsay was arrested for stealing jewelry. So it was just like crazy ironic, but yes, Lindsay is arrested yet again. So in April of 2011, she's given 120 days in county jail. She's given 480 hours of community service because they say she violated her probation on the 2007 DUI. And at the same time, her necklace stealing charge, it's knocked down to a misdemeanor. So basically, it's just about violating her probation. And she's released, she serves about a month in LA's Linwood County Jail, again, due to overcrowding. I don't know what this overcrowding issue was. I think maybe the LAPD is just so arrest happy. I'm not sure. But Lindsay gets off very, very easy. And a lot of celebrities back then were benefiting from overcrowding. You'll remember Paris Hilton benefited from overcrowding. Khloe Kardashian benefited from overcrowding. And Lindsay, yet again, benefits from overcrowding. Um, She serves out the rest of her stint um, under house arrest. And she takes advantage of this because she's throwing parties during the house arrest, inviting people over. And it's worth noting she's not at the Chateau Marmont anymore. She's actually renting a house in Venice, which is right next door to our friend Samantha Ronson. So could you imagine, like Samantha Ronson is what, like 33, 34 at this time, probably wanting to put Lindsay behind her and surprise, I'm renting the house right next to your ass. So typical Lindsay Lohan, but um, here we go. Uh, But on October 19th, 2011, she has her probation revoked yet again because she fails to perform her community service obligation. So she's briefly detained and she gets out after posting another $100,000 bail. So this is a lot of money. Like this is an insane amount of money that she is just throwing down the drain, essentially. So we're in 2012 now. Again, this is a journey. Like I said, this is a journey of the court era. We're in March 2012. She's accused of allegedly sideswiping a person with her car, a person outside of a Hollywood hotspot, and then hitting and running. She flees the scene. So they declined to prosecute her, however, because there's no, quote, direct evidence But in March of that year, later that month, she finally completes her probation and she is placed on an informal probation for the necklace theft. And the judge is really complimenting her. She's saying, you know, you've really come a long way. You've buckled down. You did your community service. You completed your probation. And she encourages her to live her life in a more mature way. Focus on your work and, and really stay above the fray. But later that year in September, she's arrested yet again for clipping a man with her car outside of New York City's Dream Hotel and then leaving the scene. And um, Manhattan DA says there's just not 
enough evidence. But it's also during this time that Lindsay is filming that movie Liz and Dick, where she plays Elizabeth Taylor, and that went straight to movie, or excuse me, straight to TV. It was a lifetime film. And this movie, if you've seen it, it is just not good. I just remember clips of the film, like Joel McHale, remember the soup? He had a field day with this movie because it just... It was not good. I think Lindsay was a little out of her league playing Elizabeth Taylor. Um, you know, the, the makeup and the hair looked like Elizabeth Taylor, but she didn't sound anything like her. I mean, Lindsay has a very distinct kind of raspy voice, and it just it didn't work. So this was another failure, but it's also worth noting she's hospitalized yet again for, you guessed it, exhaustion on the set. So that exhaustion, though. And on October 10th of 2012, uh, the cops actually respond to a disturbance in Long Island where Lindsay is staying with her mom, Dina, after they have a massive blowout. And the 911 call of this situation is also insane. Like, Lindsay's saying Dina's on cocaine and she's fighting with her. She is in the car with her and Lindsay's driving her away. And she's on the call with, um, or she's on the phone with her brother, Michael. And it's just... It's intense, but no charges are filed. But again, not great for um, Lindsay's reputation. And it kind of just shows she's she's having more problems with her family. So we end 2012 with a bang, literally, because Lohan punches somebody in the face outside of a club in Manhattan. And she gets arrested. So nothing really big comes from that arrest, but Lindsay has been through it in the last five years. She has really, really had some serious run-ins with the law. Her career is kind of really, really tanking. It was a situation where everything she touched turned to gold, and now it is the exact opposite. Everything she's doing is just tanking. The fashion's not working. Uh, there's no new music. Unfortunately, I would have loved some new tunes during this time. And every movie is is pretty bad. So it's it's a bad situation for Lindsay. And unfortunately, um, <laughs> gosh, it's just so crazy. The hits keep on coming because the IRS comes knocking and you never want to get a knock from them because they have now seized all of Lindsay Lohan's bank accounts for failure to pay her taxes. And her tax bill for the years 2009 and 2010 was nearly a quarter of a million dollars. And she just hasn't paid it. So the IRS is coming to collect. You cannot hide from them. So Lindsay is having a hard time paying this, and it just begs the question of where did the money go? And I know you shouldn't count other people's money, but this woman's a public figure, and it's only natural to wonder where did the money go? How are you suddenly having problems with the IRS when you you were a millionaire or you were making almost $8 million a film? And, you know, it's the legal fees, I'm sure, were astronomical with the attorneys. She was paying bail. She was partying all the time. She was buying all those designer clothes. That's really expensive. And, of course, her cars that she kept crashing. And I touch on this uh, in the Amanda Bynes episodes. Sorry, all these shameless plugs, but 
I talk about Lindsay in so many episodes that it's just like good to reference. I talk about this in the Amanda Bynes episode where to insure these people, to get car insurance, people estimated, experts estimated that Lindsay was probably paying hundreds of thousands a year just in car insurance because nobody wanted to insure her because she was getting in all of these accidents. So it's like, it's just a lot of money down the drain, but she needed to pay this bill to the IRS. So she turned to some extremely wealthy men for help. And I'm not talking about the men on the list. I am talking about men who aren't very attractive physically, but Uh, They're very attractive in the sense they have a lot of money in the bank. So she started dating just a lot of these like extremely, extremely wealthy men, like men who were just paying to be seen with her and paying to have her come to parties and such. So that helped her pay this bill and get out of it. But it's just kind of weird to think just how far this downfall went where Lindsay was getting paid so much to be in these films and you kind of just wonder where the money went because you have to show up to some guy's party to pay off your IRS bill it's like girl what is up in the words of four non-blondes what's up it's just I I don't know what can I say but she gets out of it the IRS gets their money and all is well but it's it's worth noting that Lindsay is only 26 at this time. <laughs> like, think of you when you were 26. It's like, I, I doubt any of us have even faced like a quarter of what this girl has put herself through. And um, she's she's been through a lot. She's only 26. And of course, she has plenty of time to revive her career. So she sets her sights on her next movie deal and starts plotting her comeback. And uh, will Lindsay make a comeback in 2013? Well, stay tuned tomorrow to find out when we get into Lindsay's first comeback era. I am so excited to get into it because it's just going to get crazy. I I keep saying that, but just when you think it's going to mellow out, it gets crazy again. So I'm really excited to get into that. But thank you all so much for listening to the third installment. I know it was a doozy and it might have been a lot of information, but I just wanted to cover all of the court dates and give you just a true idea of what went down in the last few years. Because of course we all lived through this, but then when I listed out in black and white, I'm like, whoa, this is a lot. Like I had no concept of how many charges there were. So very, very, um, interesting stuff. And like I said, like this is just turning into true crime, just listening about Lindsay. But we're going to get into greener pastures eventually. We still have to to wade through a little bit of a mess, but I'm here for it. And I'm glad you're here for it and we're here for it together because we're going to get through this together. 
And um, like I said, just thank you so much for sticking with me for the Lindsay series. I hope you really, really enjoyed this episode. If you enjoyed this episode, I would so appreciate if you rated me five stars on Spotify or Apple Music, wherever you're listening to this podcast. If you're listening on Apple Music, I would so appreciate if you wrote me a review that just motivates more people to listen to the podcast and join our family. I also ask if you're enjoying the podcast, if you would please follow me now that I have more time on my hands, I'm excited to make more bonus content and I won't be promoting those episodes on Instagram. So if you follow me, you will know about that content. And I have a lot of fun, uh, mini bonus episodes planned. So definitely follow me, please, if you have not. Also, if you want to join our family, please join our family over on Instagram at DivingBoardPod. Of course, that is B-O-R-E-D. I've had a lot of fun this week with my Lindsay Lohan post, so definitely check those out. And as always, I just thank you all so, so much. And I will be back tomorrow with part four of the Lindsay series, Lindsay's Comeback Era, part one. So in the meantime, take care, everyone.